0: welcome to the online for authors podcast i'm your host jennifer palmer this episode is an author express Highlighting Patricia Newman, a children's author and speaker. Her books take kids on a journey of scientific discovery and self-discovery. Children figure out their connection to nature and how they want to act on that connection going forward. Patricia is the happiest outside near water and grateful for nature's gift. She shows readers how their actions ripple around the world, empowers them to find their own connections to nature, and encourages them to use their imagination to act on behalf of their communities. Patricia is considered one of the best nonfiction authors writing for our students and one of the must-have authors of every library collection. Distinguished titles including Planet Ocean, Eavesdropping on Elephants, Sea Otter Heroes, Zoo Scientists to the Rescue, Plastic Ahoy, Nima's Reason to Smile, and A River's Gifts which released in the fall of 2022. Nice to finally meet you. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me. We get, because we connected via Podmatch and we're just hooked up like dating. Is <laughs> <of, laughs> okay, let's get to know each other. Let's find right. out a little bit about each other. The
1: one ma- thing that uh led me to Podmatch was I had a book come out this fall, A River's Gifts. So I was trying to uh, look for ways to help promote
0: that. Fantastic. So tell me a little bit more about that book.
1: It came out in September. It's called Mm -hmm. A River's Gifts, The Mighty Elwha River Reborn. And it's a fabulous conservation story with a happy ending. I mean, how often do you see that, right? There's a river in Washington state called the Elwha River that has fed the community and the strong people, the lower Elwha Clallam tribe for millennia. And it was a sacred river for them. And it was a salmon river. There were stories from long, long ago that there were so many salmon in the river that you could walk across the river on the backs of salmon. Oh my goodness. And then in the early 1800s, one particular man named Thomas Aldwell came to the pioneer town of Port Angeles and saw the potential in water power at the river. And he built a dam dams are are okay. I mean, we have lots of dams, right? And they have fish passage, so the fish can swim. And in fact, there was a law in Washington that said specifically, all dams must include fish passage. So it's really quite a surprise when the Elwha Dam was built without fish passage, which meant that the salmon could no longer swim upriver to their spawning sites and spawn. You might know that salmon are they call them anadromous fish. They are born in freshwater, grow up there for a little while, then spend the bulk of their lives at, in the sea in in a marine environment before swimming back to their natal streams to spawn. And then they die. It's just part of a natural part of their life cycle. They die after their spawn. They spawn and they feed, their bodies feed the ecosystem, the uh, soil which grows the trees and the berries which feed the deer and the, the birds, etc. This Elwa River story, A River's Gifts, is about how the strong people, along with the national park, And concerned townspeople received approval to remove the dam Mm. and restore the ecosystem. So that's where we are now. The salmon are coming back and the strong people's creation site has returned. Their native lands are no longer flooded by a lake. The lakes were replanted with native vegetation by an army of volunteers and the river flows wild and free from headwaters to mouth once more.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Well, congratulations on that book coming out. Do you have more books in the works? I do. I, I've just received two offers. I
1: don't have contracts yet, but I have the offers. Wonderful. So I'm I I will be working on those two books. One of them will likely take me to Peru for research.
0: Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard. <laughs>
1: I know it's a tough life but somebody has to do it
0: well congratulations on that and they're both again nonfiction children books geared yeah. to children they're picture books with a wonderful story of how you know we're coming together to make a difference with nature instead of inhibit it exactly exactly so how did you come to write in the first place what made you decide that you know, <laughs> I wanted to write a book?
1: I, I always tell this story because because I'm the only daughter-in-law that has ever listened to her mother-in-law. <laughs> um, <laughs> my mother-in-law was a very educated woman, huge reader, and one day she saw me reading to my kids. We had just come home from the library. We had a stack of 60 picture books that we were going to make our way through the next several weeks And she, after reading about the tenth picture book, she looked at me and she said, Patty, you could do this. And up until then, I had never thought about that at all. It was never, never even part of my wheelhouse. I'd of course done a lot of writing for the various jobs that I'd had and for school, but I never in a million years thought about actually writing a book. So she's the one who planted the seed and I started this very long apprenticeship (laughs) while my kids were still very little and going to conferences and, you know, attempting to write drafts. I got some early feedback from editors that sort of made me think, oh, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just kept going.
0: Sounds fascinating. How long ago was that for you?
1: I would have to say it was about, gosh, I always have to date it from when my, how old my son is. He's 30 now. And he was about one or two. So this was 28, 29 years ago.
0: You've got a lot going on. You're very focused on the veins that you're in, seem very strong.
1: I'm pretty single-minded. I I rarely dive into politics, only if it relates to nature. And I'm STEM, STEAM oriented. Everybody asks me, well, why do you talk to kids about the environment? It's not like they can do anything. Mm. Well, In my opinion, those people couldn't be more wrong. Kids can do a lot. And kids can change hearts and minds if they understand the way that nature works. I find that most adults don't understand the way nature works. Heck, most scientists don't understand the way nature works, but they're figuring it out. And as we figure out more and more and more, I think then kids can be real helpers. They can be helpers in schools and at home. They can help change environmental policy they can talk to their parents about you know why are you voting for that person why not vote for this person or talk about voting and, and being civically minded or if uh, politics isn't your thing talk about being civically minded about the environment within your community as they're an endangered toad you can help build a Underpass for? Or are there endangered fish uh, that you can help? Is there a dam coming down in your area where you can volunteer and replant the lake bed? So there are lots of different ways to talk about uh, the environment, whether it's from a philosophical point of view and how we are connected, or then connecting kids to the environment.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that's are another- passionate about writing about and and, and your audience is children. You look, you're looking to educate children and, and mm-hmm. empower them for those conversations.
1: Yeah. When I visit schools, um, I'm all about empowering children to affect change. No voice is too small. Kids do have a lot of power. They have more resources than they think they do.
0: So in addition to writing your own books, you're promoting authors, other authors as well.
1: We have Facebook groups where we get together and review each other's books or we promote each other's books. I was part of a blog called STEM Tuesday where Mm -hmm. we uh, list books according to theme each month. And then there were four weeks generally in each month. So we would have a book list on a particular theme all stem and steam, almost all nonfiction. And then we would have home activities, classroom activities, and an author interview all different weeks. Mm -hmm. And then the next month, the theme would change and we would start all over again. Mm -hmm. I I do a a lot of that working with other authors in a collaborative way. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you found it helpful?
1: Very, very helpful.
0: Very good. In addition to writing and speaking at schools, what else do you do? I speak at educator conferences, uh,
1: such as California Reading Association, the National Science Teaching Association. Uh, This past summer, I spoke at the American Library Association. I've spoken at the Texas Library Association last April, and I'm Scheduled again for this April. Are you getting paid to speak? Those conferences, usually not, because they're more promotional in nature. I've been doing concurrent sessions, not keynotes. So the concurrent sessions, nobody gets paid, not even the educators who propose sessions. My publisher is there, and we. I usually have a signing. There's usually a podcast I'm interviewed for. Once I was interviewed for KidLit TV, uh, we try to make it as useful as as we possibly can of a a marketing event mm-hmm. as opposed to a paid public speaking event i was at the university of north georgia and this was a paid event i spoke to the senior undergraduates there who were getting ready to uh, be assigned as a as a student teacher and then will graduate and have their own classrooms within a school system. I spoke to them specifically about nonfiction, children's nonfiction, and how to use it in your writing program, how to use it to teach content areas.
0: Wonderful. What do you enjoy the most out of everything that you've got going on?
1: Oh, speaking to kids. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, it just, it doesn't even compare. When I, when I was in Georgia, I asked a question and nobody raised their hand. When I speak to kids and I ask a question, 100 hands go in the air. So um, they're just so enthusiastic and they make you feel like a rock star when you visit schools. So, I mean, how, how can you
0: not love that? (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. We can find your book on your website and on your social media profiles.
1: Yes. The best places to buy the book, however, are probably bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You can even uh, purchase it from my publisher, Learner Publishing Group. Oh,
0: wonderful. Patricia, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. It was wonderful to finally see you face to face.
0: Yes, you too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and share. And we always love reviews. Until next time, thanks for listening.